When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You're tuned in to Grip It and Rip It, sponsored by LB's Meat Market. We're going to get started here in a second, but first, let's hear from LB's. Grip It and Rip It with Brian Scott Rippey is brought to you by LB's Meat Market. LB's, the preeminent butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi. The place to go for any and all of your meat needs. Just right now, they've got the Lane Train Special, a six-ounce bacon-wrapped filet for $10. they got fresh seafood, grill packs, and a lot of different types of sausages. Put simply, if your grill is in need of meat, the only place to go in Oxford, Mississippi is LB's Meat Market. Give them a call today at 662-259-2999. That's 662-259-2999. Stop by and see them at 2008 University Avenue. That's just across the street from Kroger. It's LB's Meat Market, your butcher shop in Oxford, Mississippi. Another edition of Fresh Cuts. I am Brian Scott Rippy. With me, as always, is Greg the Meat Shark. Happy Friday! By the time you're listening to this, hope the uh, start to the weekend is going well with you. Maybe you're at work, just counting down the hours, pretending to do stuff on your computer so your boss doesn't get mad at you. Point is, you're close to the weekend. Football is nearby, and we're ready for a bounce back week because it was not our best work last week, but. That's in the rear view. And in this league, you've just got to keep one foot forward after the other. I don't know what the hell the saying is. What's up, man? Man, you know, and it's, it's just a uh, – it's good it's good to be alive, and it's good to uh, uh, have a fresh week to uh, bet some football and let's, uh, let's get that money back because that's what we do is we get the money uh, win and doubt everywhere, win and dare everywhere. And the fact that we were profitable through two weeks of NFL games – Picking all 16 games, because we don't do stayaways on here. Now, granted, like I said, I, I wish I had thought of this ahead of time. But like I mentioned last week, we should actually do, like, our own five, and then just the other ones just be for the sake of it to preserve our records. But who really cares? We pick them all, we pick them all. Point being, there was, I mean, us having a third consecutive profitable week <laughs> picking all 16 NFL games was uh, was just not sustainable. Last week, though, we both went two and five on SEC games. We had a rough week. Uh, our wins were Arkansas and Vanderbilt, oddly enough. So the two, by far and away, the worst teams in the SEC covered huge lines for us. And then we, I was 10 and 13 year in the NFL. You were eight and 15. Just a rough week all around on the NFL front. But our first bad one, and we will make it all back this weekend and then some. Yeah, I mean, because that's what we do. You know, we bet and we win and we sometimes we lose. And it's called gambling and not winning. So let's uh, make sure we get uh, everybody in the, on the same page with that. So it's gambling, not winning. But 
we try to win every single game. So this is what we're going to try to do this week. Last week, I think we were talking about, I think I made the listeners pause the podcast and Venmo us $15 each for the right to keep listening. No one Venmoed us $15 each, but uh, the Vicks hey, can well, go back I to being Venmo free. Venmo somebody $15 if they want to drop their Venmo on the, uh, on the, on the, on the, uh, on the tweet that you post tomorrow. If somebody is, it wants to drop their Venmo and say, I lost, we, we lost them money because we were expecting winners and not losers. I will be more than happy to Venmo them 15 bucks. I love it. I love it. This is, (laughs) this is great. Yeah. So drop your Venmo below wherever you see this podcast tomorrow and I will make sure it gets in front of Greg's eyeballs. You're like one of those internet billionaire philanthropists. You know, the dudes you see on Twitter now who always have like the suit no tie going on in their profile pic and they're like, cash app in someone 500 bucks, drop it here. We just give money out to the people. What's great about my profile picture is I'm throwing the first pitch out at an Ole Miss uh, baseball game and everybody thinks that I actually was a pitcher for the Ole Miss Rebels. So, Got you all fooled. It's all great, but I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night, so we got some winners coming up. Just we just gotta just let them let everybody know about them. Let's get some housekeeping notes out of the way first. As I mentioned last week, if you're noticing more pods in the podcast feed, that's because Ben and I have split up duties. We're going grip it and rip it every week uh, Wednesday. Obviously, this is fresh cuts on Friday, and then if you want to come hang out for a post game reaction on Saturday, each and every Saturday after the Ole Miss games. Check that out. I'll have a column up on Friday on the site as well as Sunday. On your end, what's going on at the store right now? Another football weekend, and it's an away weekend, so you know there's going to be a lot of backyard grilling. Yeah, I would think so. You know, the Rebs are kicking off at, what, 2.30 this uh, Saturday? Yeah, 3 o'clock, I believe. It's a 3 o'clock SEC Network game, if I'm not mistaken. Kind of a perfect way to grill, right? You can grill up leading into dinner time. It should be a beautiful afternoon. Yeah, I mean, you know, why not come and get some ribs and, you know, put them on the low and slow, and they'll be ready for the uh, the ribs game right right around 3 o'clock. We've got plenty of lane train specials ready. Uh, we got a bunch of fresh fish in this weekend. Uh, Man, we're, we're ready to go. I got a couple... Tomahawk steaks. I got some uh, spiny lobster from Florida in. Ooh. So you can get a little surf and turf action and get some ribs, get some fresh sausages. And, uh, you know, obviously the mushrooms and jalapeno poppers and duck poppers are always, you know, clutch to have. So, yeah, uh, you can load up. We'll get you taken care of. No props. That made me hungry. Just listening to that. Coincidentally, it's dinner time. Uh, uh, can't go wrong you know it's a it's a good weekend to uh to put something on the grill you don't have to worry about traveling to kentucky but you know we do have some horse racing uh this weekend but we might dabble into it but you know i'm i'm going to dabble into it but i don't know if you're going to dabble into it but um uh, yeah man it's a it, it's going to be a good weekend hope the weather is actually kind of feeling like fall and it feels like football and it's probably going to be the best weekend to Grill up some good stuff. Hell yeah, I'm excited. If you like what you've heard the last couple weeks, and if we're making you free money, might as well leave a five-star review wherever you're getting this podcast. And the Venmo. Got to put your Venmo down. We might, we might even Venmo you some money for some love. Throw down your Venmo. Leave a five-star review. Just five stars. You can say whatever the hell you want in the comment section. Like, this is the greatest podcast of all time. Got a few nice DMs last week about people enjoying the podcast. 
enjoying fresh cuts. I appreciate that. I appreciate everyone listening. Tell all your friends it's free money. It's week two of the college football season. I'm just going to keep saying week two of the SEC season because really what the hell else matters. Let's get into this. Where should we start? All We're right, going to well, go SEC well, and well, NFL. Let me, let, me, let me cut you off right quick because I want to get a little quick. Preakness uh, re- uh, review in right quick because the last leg of the Triple Crown is this weekend. Uh, oh, I did not got, know this. Got, uh, uh, fired away. If you'd have warned me, we'd have spent the first little bit on this. I did not know this. I, I'm, I'm, I'm slacking on my horse racing knowledge. Fired no, away. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. How about that picture I sent you uh, uh, at the text message? Uh, so you have, you're on an official flyer as the owner of the Kentucky Derby winner. Have you autographed that thing yet? No, I mean, I'm just waiting for Bob Baffert to show up in Oxford and just, you know, be like, you know, hey, Greg, thanks for uh, getting in on uh, Authentic. You know, he's a good horse. Uh, I would just want a little chunk of his white hair. Here, Greg, thanks for buying stock. Here's some of my luscious white hair. (laughs) No, it was pretty cool. You know, it kind of, whenever I opened the mailbox today and I had that envelope and it was just uh, the... uh, uh, first, the winner's place circle, and it had literally my name on the photo. I was like, man, this is actually pretty cool. So, uh, but yeah, no, Authentic runs this weekend in the uh, third leg of the weird triple crown. It usually goes, I think it usually goes Kentucky Derby, Pimlick, uh, the Preakness, and then the Belmont. It has actually gone Belmont, Kentucky Derby, Preakness this year with all the whole COVID thing, but. Uh, yeah, we've got uh, hope, man. You know, I can't complain about another uh, winner's photo uh, coming to LBs. Uh, so let's uh, pull for Authentic. But uh, there's some horses that could probably uh, beat Authentic this weekend. So, uh, you know, just going to drop a little small, little cold exacta bet on everybody if somebody wants to get on an exacta bet. You know, Authentic is going to be good. I can't not want to bet on it, but I think Art Collector is going to be a good one. Um, I know Brian Scott Rippey likes Swiss Skydiver, just likes the name. Doesn't? Oh yeah, food. I do love that name. That's the first <laughs> I've heard of it, but I love that name. Yeah, uh, I know he's a big fan of Swiss Skydiver. I'm a big fan of Swiss Skydiver, so uh, it's going to be hard not to bet on her. But uh, you know, whenever uh, she's running with the boys, uh, so you know, it's uh, not many fillies win the win big races like this, but. Uh, she's got some good heart, and uh, I like her a lot. I think um, Art Collector is going to be a good bet. I like New York traffic. Uh, but, again, you know, just going to uh, lay the wood, and let's go with uh, Authentic to win the Preakness, and, I mean, let's get another uh, winter circles uh, to the LBs. How do you know which one's a girl and which one's a boy when you're betting on it? Not to be problematic, but I'm just curious. How often is that to happen? Like, how do you, is, there, is there like a, a race? Like, how do you tell? Yeah. Yes, you will get a racing. Uh, there's a racing forum that literally posts their last five, six races. There's a lot of numbers involved on a racing forum. So, but yes, they literally let you know his, her mom, her dad, how much she was bought for, the whole nine yards. So it's a lot of information, but we're just not going to get into that. But yes, Swiss Skydiver is a Philly, and she is a one of the best two-year-old fillies in the country and she's going to run against the boys and you know she's already had a matchup with art collector and um you know she gave gave it gave him a a run and she just fell apart in the third pole but you know uh, i really like swiss skydiver and i really you know i think she's game for the competition and 
don't be surprised if you see a Swiss skydiver, you know, giving one of these boys a run for a mo- run for their money. I love it. I heard a lot of numbers, so I'm just going to let all my horse racing picks be gender neutral because I am selfless and brave. Anyway, let's get so, yeah, rolling. I'm on sorry, this I had to drop the old uh, uh, horses on y'all for the, before we get to the real money. So no, uh, that's part of our uh, that's part of our brand. You're a horse owner. You're a major or one leg of the triple crown winner. Like it would be just foolish not to. I my head was just in the sand, and I had no idea that was this weekend. So I'm glad you brought that up. But well, I'm just anyway. giving, giving the listeners out there opportunities to make money. You know, that's what we like to do. We like to make, we like to Venmo people and make money. So it's kind of, kind of works itself some out. It's fall free. It's all free. Let's roll into the SEC games this weekend. You've got Florida minus 17 and a half, the 11 a.m. game against South Carolina. Florida minus 17 in Gainesville against South Carolina. South Carolina looked okay last week. I'm not going to lie. I was at an outdoor place in Dallas with these uh, stars playing in the Stanley Cup. So this was like fourth TV treatment with no volume. Was not totally locked into this game. I did watch all of Florida last week. They're really damn good. I will go the Gators here. Why not? You know, um, I think last year South Carolina went into Athens and uh, beat them straight up as being an 18-point dog. So, um <clears throat> I, I'm going to go South Carolina here and uh, and just uh, hide my face in my hands whenever uh, Florida rolls them up by 42 to like 10. So we're going to go South Carolina on this one. Hey, we got to go different. We had the exact same college picks last week, and it did not work out well for either one of us. So I like the strategy this week. Tennessee catching uh, – no, not catching, giving 12 and a half their home opener against Missouri. Like I said, didn't catch a ton of their game last week. Caught bits and pieces of the Missouri-Alabama game. Alabama seemed like they just kind of coasted after getting up early. This feels like you look at the Missouri score last week, think they kept it close, and think they keep it close here. I'm going to keep it with the home team, the home favorite. I'm going Tennessee here. I think they roll. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was expecting Tennessee to roll up South Carolina last week, and they really, uh, you know, just kind of hung around and couldn't, you know, seal the deal. So, uh, kind of disappointing on the Tennessee side, but you know that's their first game of the SEC schedule. So, um, you know that's it, it's a tough bet. You know, I would. I'm not saying that Missouri got better in the second half against Alabama. I'm saying that Alabama probably played some players that they needed some uh, some reps, and uh, you know it turned out the way it turned out. I'm going to go different with you on this, just because I went different with you on the first game. So. I'll take Missouri and, and, like I said, be embarrassed whenever they get rolled up by, you know, 40-something to 10. Fair enough. We're fading each other this week. One of us is going to be happy. One of us is not. I love it, though. We've got the third game. You've got Alabama A&M, kind of one that snuck up on me. I'm not going to lie. Until I was looking at the board earlier, I I did not remember this was this weekend. Alabama's given 17-and-a-half at home. I'll take the Jimbo Fisher medicine one time early September before A&M, who is kind of soft as baby shit sometimes, uh, falters off late in the year. I'll go A&M here because this is when this program is supposed to launch. And this is what the year, this is the game. It's their third, obviously, you know, you had the weird reshuffle or whatever. But this feels like their first chance to make a statement. And I think they can do so in a loss. It just has to be a close one. So I'll drink the A&M Kool-Aid here. And then if it bites me, never do it again for the rest of this season. So I'll go A&M plus 17 and a half here. 
Well, you know, if Kellen Mond looked that bad against a Vanderbilt defense, I'm just kind of curious about how he's going to look against an Alabama defense that has a lot more better athletes on any every position. So, you know, um, I know that um, Saban assistants haven't had really good luck towards him in head-to-head matchups. And, you know, regardless if it's 17 points or 18 points, you know, I think, uh, of course – Texas A&M will probably Marty Moose me and have a late touchdown to cover the 17. But, you know, I just I, I say I see Alabama, you know, up top on, you know, 35, maybe 10 at halftime and, you know, maybe pump the brakes, maybe don't pump the brakes. And, you know, obviously, Kellen Mond's going to be a really good player against uh, Alabama's second string defense. But we'll take a garbage touchdown late for Texas A&M to cover, but not really. Alabama rolls here, and they're going to win by three touchdowns with ease. So did you go Alabama or A&M there? I'm go- I, I, I wanted to take A&M, but I said that I thought that a late touchdown would cover, but we're going to go Alabama to roll by three touchdowns here. So they're definitely going to cover it, and they'll, they'll definitely keep in mind that the spread is 17 because Saban likes to do that. Out jinxing the jinx. I love it. So we're fading each other on all these this week. Here's the main event. Ole Miss out Kentucky. Six-point game. Really a fascinating game for both teams because if you look at the way the schedule sets up, uh, Kentucky really needs this because their schedule stiffens up in a hurry. Ole Miss, if you can pick one off here, you can avoid the whole presumably going to Arkansas not to start 0-4. Or, excuse me. Yeah, no. So, yeah, going yes. to Arkansas to not stop, start 0-4, which is just a testy proposition, particularly with Vanderbilt. The next week, this is a fascinating game. Kentucky was kind of my lock of the week last week. I actually liked them to go in and beat Auburn outright. Strange game. If you listen to my podcast earlier in the week, I had Derek Terry, who covers Kentucky for the 247 site there on. And Kentucky outgained them, picked up more first downs, converted over half of their third downs and lost the game by 16 points. Three incredibly weird and costly turnovers. That was a strange football game. I was on the second television as I was watching and writing notes about the Ole Miss game. I I, I feel burned on that. I thought Kentucky had a chance to kind of be a dark horse for the East this year. I still think they're a decent football team. This is an important game for Ole Miss. I think the pace is going to determine this game more so than anything. I'll buy into the Rebels one more time and say they like it because lucky enough for Ole Miss fans, Kentucky does not have a Kyle Pitts, and they certainly do not have a Kyle Trask throwing to a Kyle Pitts. They don't have a Trayvon Grimes. They don't have any of that. Uh, Kentucky is going to methodically move the football on the ground and play complementary football with Terry Wilson hitting short intermediate passes. Now, it could be death by a thousand paper cuts, but if Ole Miss can sprinkle in a few stops and let the offense turn into a track meet, I like their chances to win the game here. So I I will go Ole Miss plus six with a little money line sprinkled in. Yeah, man. Uh... I mean, it's actually a tough bet right here. I mean, uh, you're you're spot on with Kentucky kind of getting screwed over in in Auburn. I mean, they had a, uh, you know, down there on the goal line, and it had it turned into a pick six. And If you you had financial interest on Kentucky, that was a wildly frustrating game. Yes, and obviously I had financial interest on it, which we're not going to talk about, so we're just going to move forward with the bet. Uh, No, it's a tough bet. It really is, and – you would think uh, Kentucky's going to keep the ball on the ground, grind it out, just wear you know the Ole Miss defense down. I think the Ole Miss defense actually can stand up against a run game, uh, which 
you know, whenever the backup quarterback came in for Florida and they ran that kind of Tebow-like offense, you know, they kind of kind of found some lanes and, you know, had a bunch of yardage. Look, you know, we're not going to beat around the bush. The Ole Miss defense is bad, you know. Uh, there's nothing to not say, you know. Any, there, there is some times that, uh, that they did – you know, do a couple things. You know, they got they caught a rough break on the path on the rough and the passer after the third down. You know, that just kills the defense whenever it's been on the field for the particular time frame it's been on the field and not get a call get a call like that. And it just kind of deflated them and it was kind of a fourteen point swing because, you know, it was a seven point game if we stop if they don't call that penalty and we go down and score. So um man, it's just a tough bet. I, I I really think that, you know, Ole Miss rebounds here but just because I, I, I sense some urgency. Um, you know, the the whole thing with Lane Kiffin and being hired and everything, my first thing that I really liked about the hire was we got the interception on when they brought the quarterback in and he did the trick play and tried to take it, you know, tried to take a chance. Whenever you get a big turnover against the number five team in the country, you take a chance regardless of the situation. So that was promising, you know, as far as uh, team-wise. But I, I, I like Ole Miss a lot. You know, I, I literally, you know, really don't want to take the points and just take the money line with you. Hell yeah. The Greg Meat Chart Money Line Lock of the Week, it sounds like. Are you going to fully commit to it? You know, I mean, I, I don't want to pull the trigger on one of my fives, but – you know, it's just a small play. I mean, it's just I, I try not to bet with my soul, but this is my soul talking. And, you know, I, I really, fit, uh, you know, kind of, you know, banked in on the Lane Kiffin deal. And I think that, you know, the defense will look at the program, uh, at the film and, you know, adjust their situation. And, you know, because it's a totally different situation versus Kentucky versus Florida. You know, Kentucky's going to try to grind it out. They don't want unders. You know, Florida's just going to try to, you know, outgun you and, you know, obviously they outgunned us, but I, I, I never felt that we weren't out. I mean, I felt two or three times that we were out of the game, but we made a big play and we stepped up. So I really want to dabble more uh, on the Ole Miss money line on this. You heard it first here. He's got Ole Miss, and that is the way he is rolling on this game. The next game is a fascinating one. Auburn is getting a touchdown going to Athens not like I don't really know what to make the home field as we talked about ad nauseum on this show a couple of times. Like I just, you know, what does it matter? Georgia really didn't look like they had it figured out last week. You know, um, what's his face? JT Daniels gets eligible. Don't know. I haven't seen who's playing quarterback from them. This feels like a trap, but I'm going to go Auburn here. This feels like a game where Gus kind of makes a statement early in the year. They catch Georgia off guard early on, really throw a wrench in the East in terms of Florida kind of paving the way to take the East because I actually like Florida to win the East as most of the media did in the preseason. So I'm not going out on a limb there. I think I'm going to go Auburn here. I'll go Auburn plus seven on the road. Yeah. I mean, you know, if Georgia comes out like they did against Arkansas, I mean, um, Auburn's a good enough team to where they can get jumped on real quick and early and often. And, you know, Georgia can't dig their way out of the hole on this one because Auburn's got a good club. And uh, it's a, like, again, it's an, it's another tough bet because you don't know how really good Georgia is because, you know, they've got a grad transfer coming in and trying to adjust to the SEC, you know, speed, which out of all, both of the JT Daniels versus uh, Costello, I thought that JT Daniels would probably handle the 
transfer a little bit better, but obviously we were completely wrong on that. And uh, so, uh, you know, it's tough not to take uh, Auburn here because um, they actually look like the better team. And, you know, man, I, I think Knicks is just overrated and I'm not sitting here trying to be like the Barstool's cat, you know, but uh, I, I just, I, I, it's hard for me to bet on Auburn just because I just, I, I, I'm, I'm not a Malzone guy. I just feel like you just, I don't know, just anyway. I think Georgia wakes up. Uh, they don't sleep on the first and second quarter like they did against Arkansas. They take it to the table, and uh, I think they just, they, they absolutely hammered uh, uh, Auburn here. There you go. Now our thinking's starting to come together a little bit. I don't know if that's a good thing or just a wildly dangerous thing. But either way, starting to come together as we wind down the home stretch of these SEC games. That's how we got a couple good games this week, and I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Ole Miss, Kentucky, and I'm looking forward to A&M, Bama, just to see what it looks like. Two of those three may turn out to be absolute shit. I think Auburn and Georgia will end up being a really good, compelling football game. But uh, we've got some interesting matchups this week. Uh, the next couple feel like stay away central. I say next couple. The last two SEC games of the weekend will start Vanderbilt, with limited fans in the stands, which is nothing new for them, they could limit that capacity to a couple hundred and might not actually get to a quote-unquote sellout. Plus 21 against Georgia. Vanderbilt looked decent. I, I'm not going to lie, hand in the air. Wait, they're Did not, not playing watch Georgia. They're playing, they're play, they're Excuse not playing me, Georgia. playing LSU, I should say. Misspoke. I had Georgia written down on the notepad here. LSU in Nashville. We'll throw my hand up in the air. I did not watch a down of Vanderbilt, Texas A&M last week was just not on. I was not driving the remote controls at the establishments I were at and was just not not in the cards. But obviously, Vanderbilt had to come out of there looking okay with the way that line was and with the game ended up being a one-score game. I, I guess I'll go Vanderbilt here because I saw what LSU's defense looked like. They'll probably have Derek Stingley back this week. I don't know if that makes that big of a difference. My point being is Bo Pelini stinks. They've got problems, and I'll go Vandy here. Yeah, I mean, uh, surely you saw those uh, fancy helmets they're coming out with uh, that they're playing this week. Those look right? clean. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I would never say this about a Vanderbilt football team, but I guess if you look good, you might want to play good. So uh, let's go with Vanderbilt here. I mean, um, I've been told through the grapevine that this is the one of the worst bandy teams of all time. So you know, that sounds like a. Uh, I'd like to. Sounds bet like all the reason to bet on them. That's yeah, all you needed to hear. Like, That's the only that, stat you needed. That sounds like a great opportunity to make some money. So let's go with Vanderbilt right here. <laughs> These two, this one and, and the next one, seem to be stay away central. But we don't do that on this show. We do not stay away. We give all of our expert opinions that you would have to pay for elsewhere to you for free. You're welcome. The last one, Mississippi State hosting Arkansas. Arkansas looked good for like a half, maybe a, a half and a half a quarter, and then just really got overmatched by Georgia in the second half, as most thought would be the case. I'm not going to go against Mississippi State here. They stunned me last week. I've made the case on the podcast that Leach probably works long term, but it's a rough transition. And then KJ Costello threw for 600 yards and six touchdowns or whatever the hell the stat line was against the defending national champions. I'll go state here because I think Arkansas is overmatched. And man, that air raid shocked me. I'm not going to lie. Well, I mean, you look at the two systems that have been going on with the two Mississippi schools. You look at the Mississippi State and then you look at the Ole Miss program. You know, Mississippi State had Moorhead, and he almost he pretty much had the spread already kind of uh, 
uh, spread out offense that can be capable to do the air raid offense and kind of already had the recruits. The Ole Miss offense that, you know, Rich Rod was a, you know, narrow-minded run kind of uh, offense. So, you know. You could have just left it at narrow-minded. I, I wanted to run the ball. I mean, like, at the, I mean, like when we get in a third and 15, it's just uh, uh, you can't run a delay draw or screen to get 15 yards whenever they know it's coming. So. I don't know. I mean, I might be completely wrong on the uh, on the on the conversation that is going on, but I feel like uh, the leech coming into the Mississippi State and he gets the Costello from uh, from Stanford. Uh, I think it was a good fit for him, so that's why he pulled the trigger on it. And you know, it doesn't take much to uh, have a bunch of wide receivers and throw the ball around and not worry about the run game. So I don't know how Kyrie Hill feels about the whole situation, but. Um, you know, it's working out, and I guess it's going to keep working out. But I just can't bet on Mississippi State, regardless of Mike Leach and 70 um, pass attempts and regardless of the situation. I, I just – I think that maybe Arkansas showed some promise. Maybe they just fell apart in the fourth quarter by, you know, a better team. But I, I, I like Arkansas here, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, Mike Leach is at Mississippi State. You know, it gives them, uh, gives them a nice look, and, you know, and uh, maybe it, it works out. So we fade each other to end it there. I went MSU, you went Arkansas. Now we head into the big boy stuff. The NFL game, an absolutely disgusting Monday night game that's about to kick off right after we finish recording this. Thursday. Yeah, uh, like just a, a Thursday night game. I'm losing track of the days here. I'm kind of losing my mind if you can't tell already. But just a disgusting Thursday night game. Jets and Broncos. We were idiots last week and cost ourselves two games out of the gate by picking the New York teams. What in the world were we thinking? We had the Jets and the Giants on the card last week. I told us neither one of us are allowed to do that again, so Broncos by default. Broncos are plus one. I never actually gave the line, but just what an absolutely disgusting way to start the weekend. Yeah, I think we were going to change the the name of the podcast to the, the Fresh Cut that doesn't bet on New York Giants, New York Jets. And uh, who's the other dumpster fire that we, we should never bet on again? It's Jets, Giants, and if we think of another one, we can do it. But I just don't. Oh, the Falcons. I'm done with the Falcons. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which absolutely. worked out for us last week, by the way. Right? That game was dead in the water. Why did we, do, why did we go with Chicago? And then the Falcons falconed, and we were richer because of it. I mean, you know, it's just uh, hard being a – well, you know, I, I will uh, give all you Braves fans, uh, Atlanta fans, uh, some, some love out there. You know, the, the Braves actually won a baseball, you know, series since 2001. So, congratulations, uh, Atlanta fans. Yeah, that was uh, wild. The Reds did not score a run in 22 innings of baseball. So, uh, the, Fal- the Braves are covering up for just the absolute – gutter stench the Falcons are leaving on the city of Atlanta. I don't know how they keep doing that. I mean, it it literally seems impossible. I cannot believe they lost that game to Nick Foles coming off the bench with a 16-point lead in the fourth quarter. Just absolutely mind-boggling stuff, but we've got 14. It's the the Atlanta Falcons, so you know that's why we need to change the podcast to never bet on the Jets, Giants, and Falcons. Yeah, so that's the trifecta rule now. I had been done with the Falcons, but we I'm implementing the New York uh, rule uh, as a 
addendum to the original rule put out by being done with the Falcons. So that's the one official law on this podcast now, other than the fact that the, that's the second law because the first law, there are no laws. So figure that one out for yourself. Uh, speaking of the Chicago Bears, noon game home, uh, big dick Nick Foles, now the starter, had a weird thing going on last week with the tinted visor. Uh, then took off the tinted visor and then torched the Falcons for one of the most mind-boggling wins you've seen in as many weeks if you're an Atlanta sports fan. Bears plus two and a half at home. This feels like a game where the Bears just abuse Phil Rivers in the weird picks he throws. So I'm going to go Bears again. Why not? 4-0 Chicago Bears. Weird to say. Yeah. The, actually, I, I, I will make a comment that I think the Bears are the worst 3-0 team of history of the NFL. Uh, I mean, you know, You've gone through, um, you know, three games and you should have lost all, well, all three of them, you know, Detroit dropped that wide, uh, Swift dropped that wide open pass. So, <laughs> uh, but no, uh, again, you know, we're here to bet. And so let's pull the trigger on the bears. Let's, uh, let's bet on the worst, uh, team, West, worst three and O team of all time. How about let's do that. All righty. So you went Chicago or Indy? Yeah, I'm going to go with Chicago here. Let's do uh, it. Where's yeah. 4-0 team of all time? Let's, Maybe let's they'll get go. to the worst, like, 12-0 team of all time. Who knows? Saints-Lions in Detroit. Detroit is plus four. I paid off going against Kyler Murray last week. I didn't think Detroit was that bad. Uh, you could make a fortune go betting against the Saints so far this season other than the whole week. One thing, last two weeks, they've looked awful. Breeze has looked kind of washed. I'd like to see what he looks like when Michael Thomas comes back, but I'm going to go Matt Stafford and the Detroit Lions here because they're a different offense when Kenny Galladay is on the field. He was back last week. I'll go Lions here. and The Saints end up in some deep trouble. Yeah, I mean, I think Deuce t- uh, tweeted the other day, like, blow it up and, you know, fire everybody and start over from scratch. I mean, wow, that's a bold statement, but – you know, I, I'm pretty sure he was talking about the Falcons. So we'll just chalk that up to uh, uh, <laughs> not not knowing uh, Twitter conversations. But uh, man, you know, New Orleans is in trouble. You know, the uh, Mike Thomas going down that hurts a lot. But um, you know, Drew Brees is it time to unlock the Jameis? Can we get that take going? Oh, truly, Drew Brees looks bad, man. You know, and all honestly, you know, whenever I did read that tweet about Deuce, I really uh, thought and considered, you know, just dropping everybody and just what I would do. And, you know, this is just a far stretch and this is just me, you know, talking out of my ass because, you know, I just like to talk out of my ass sometimes, but I honestly think that you should just get, tell Peyton to retire, hire Eric Bimini, 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 is it Bimini? Anyway, the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, uh, he used to be a running back. Uh, he's been with the Chiefs for three years. Great offense coordinator. Pull the trigger on it and see what you can do with it. But um, I think the the Saints are in trouble. And, you know, if you lose to, you know, a lookalike like Greg Jones that is pretending to coach in the NFL and Matt Patricia, you know, that's, that's pretty bad. And I forgot just... about that. It's your doppelganger. The Saints are going up against Greg Jones's twin. Golly, man. We talked the other day, you know, we're just making sure we're on the, uh, I let everybody know about it. And he just was like, he called me and goes, man, why would you tell everybody about that? So anyway, 
That's but, good stuff. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm good with Matt Patricia. We're cool. You know, we're on the same level, I guess. But uh, you know, I just can't bet against the Saints, and I'm just thinking Michael Thomas is a is a difference maker. You know, and that safety has to come over the top and check on him, and it opens up other gaps. So. Um, I think the Saints get back on track. If they don't this weekend, I really think it's time to press the, the emergency button. Strange one here uh, would normally be stay away central. The Panthers are plus three at home against the Cardinals. Kyler Murray kind of had really his first, like, I say bad game. He struggled some as a rookie. But, like, you know, he's got expectations on him this year. Just his first bad game. He threw three picks, yet they were still there right there in it at the end of the game. Uh, I'll go Arizona here. I think they're a good team. I think last week was just a little bit of a hiccup. So I'll go Arizona here, particularly Carolina coming off a big win. I don't think they're that good. I'm going to go Cardinals here. Well, you know, I don't know if Christian McCaffrey is playing this week, which, you know, we bet uh, against him that he wasn't, and we didn't think that they would have anything option other than Christian McCaffrey. So uh, this is a travel rule for me. So – um, I, I, I like Carolina here. I'm going to go, I'm going to lay it down and, you know, actually I'm going to go with the, uh, fresh cut money line, uh, care bear, uh, lock of the week. Oh so, yeah. Carolina go ahead and let's do it. All right. I like it. The money line meet sharp lock of the week, Carolina over the Arizona Cardinals. That would be a bad loss for Arizona. Speaking of two bad teams in this next one, Cincinnati is a three-point favorite at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Bengals tied the hapless Eagles last week. I don't even want to talk about that game. That was just absolutely disgusting display from the Eagles. They're bad. I don't really know what the deal with Wentz is. Burrow, again, looked really good, and then you just worry about his health because he's getting absolutely obliterated. Sacked eight times in the tie last week. This feels like a trap. You would think that Cincinnati's not supposed to be favored here, so I'll just go outsmart my own brain and go Bengals here, even though I like the Jaguars. How about that for a little brain twister? I, I'm, I'm, uh, there's a reason why the Bengals are favored. You know, uh, uh, Joe Burrow is a gamer. You know, you can obviously tell whenever Mississippi State goes into Baton Rouge and wins by ten points that uh, you know Joe Burrow was a big part of that uh, of that program. So. When you lose somebody like that, it's hard to replace. And, you know, obviously you can tell with the LSU score last week that uh, that shows. So, you know, I, 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 I don't I don't care how many times he gets hit. You know, I know the offensive line is terrible, but, you know, he's a gamer. And, uh, that you know, uh, you, you kind of saw that with Baker Mayfield, and that's kind of why the, you know, Browns um, drafted him. But, you know, I think the Bengals kind of got the better end on the deal, and I, I really like Joe Burrow, and uh, I'm going to go uh, Brown, uh, the Bungles here to roll. All righty, I like that one as well. I like, I hate our, I hate it's going bad for our guy Gardner Minshew, but I think he's fine. I may, I bet against him last week, going with the Dolphins, just it seemed like everyone else was on the Jaguars Thursday night football. I think he's decent. I just think the team around him sucks. So anyway, and, and that's go- and that's tough on a, on on a professional athlete. You know, I mean, you know, I got, I, I I wish that I would I could have Gardner Minshew on my team. You know, he's a gamer just like Joe Burrow. And you know, yes, he came from Washington State, but man, he that that kid can play. And I'm not sitting here trying to disrespect the bet of not betting on him, but I respect uh, Minshew a lot. But I just I, I kind of like Cincinnati here for some strange reason. 
Here's a weirdly fascinating game because the storyline is going to be bad for whichever team loses this game. Dallas is minus four and a half at home against the Cleveland Browns. I think I'm going to go Dallas here as big of a disjointed mess as they look defensively. Just don't really trust Baker Mayfield. This game is in the Vegas zone, right? That five to three point line you always see in the NFL. I just don't trust Baker Mayfield enough yet. Like, congrats, they beat the Bengals. Congrats, they beat the Redskins. Two of the four worst teams in the NFL, at least two of the worst six, I would say, pretty confidently. I think this is a game where Baker comes unglued late and Dallas is up by, like, four or five and then ends up winning by 11 or 12 because Baker does something dumb late. I don't trust Cleveland yet. This would be a prove-me-wrong game. I would start believing in the Browns if they went on the road and put the Cowboys at 1-3. and three. Dallas needs this. They're a lucky onside kick away from being 0-3. I love the Cowboys here. This might be my favorite one this week. Yeah, I'm going to have to get in on with you on this one for sure. I like the Cowboys a lot. and uh, You know, until Baker Mayfield proves us wrong, and, you know, uh, the book's out on him, man. You know, this is his year to prove a point. And, you know, going into Dallas and getting a victory uh, would be a big point. But, just don't see it, man. I just don't see it. You know, I know he had a great week, but, you know, he, he had a great week against the Washington football, whatever they are. So, let's, uh, I'll, you know, I hate to sit here and uh, say uh, Dak Prescott is, you know, one of the top five-ish quarterbacks in the league. And, you know, uh, he, he's playing good right now, and I like, I, I like it. So, I think Dallas rolls here. Perhaps the grossest game of the weekend, you have Minnesota Vikings 0-3 who looked better against my Tennessee Titans last week, but still just couldn't come out on top against the 0-3 Houston Texans. I don't know what to make it. Either of these teams, other than they're both bad, but they look kind of good sometimes while they're bad. I guess I'll go Vikings here because I just the Texans have really pissed me off lately, and I just don't understand it. I don't understand wasting Deshaun Watson the way they waste Deshaun Watson. So I'll go Vikings here, but if we did do stayaways, which we don't do, this would be stayaway central. I have no feel for this. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, I, I, I mean, Houston looked really good, and, I, and they were up a little bit on the on Pittsburgh, and I was like, oh. You know, the Fresh Cut podcast, you know, locks of the week. It would be a good one. And, man, they just fell apart. And I just think Deshaun Watson doesn't have the weapons and the, you know, the security that he normally had with Hawkins. And, you know, that's a big deal for a quarterback. Uh, You could see, um, I would think, uh, I was looking back at the Ole Miss game. You know, uh, Trask threw two two balls to that uh, 6'5", was it the tight end or the receiver? Kyle Pitts. Yeah, I mean, he just threw it up just because he knew that guy was a playmaker and he knew that that guy would make a play and make him, you know, make him look good. And, you know, DeAndre Hopkins was uh, that option for him. And, you know, he uh, he's trying to, I think, I think Deshaun Watson's doing too much. And, that's what happens when you don't, um, you know, do the do the right thing with somebody like that. So, I, I I like Deshaun Watson a lot, but you know, I really really want to give him one more shot just because he he's a winner and he's a gamer. And let's go with Houston right here. All righty, that's a, just a gross line altogether. Here's another one that's going to be weird. Uh, Miami is plus six at home in a noon game against Seattle. It's your travel rule that has not fared so well so far this year. But I think I like it here. Seattle, even though they're 4-0, Russell Wilson is the best football player on the planet without a shadow of a doubt right now. It's really not close. Oh, actually, I say not close. 
he's one A. Mahomes is one B. What Russell Wilson's doing with what's around him compared to what's around Mahomes is absolutely insane. That said, they do have the worst defense in the NFL. I think they sleepwalk through this game. So I'll go Fitzmagic in Miami here, plus six. Yeah, man. I mean, this is a prime grade um, travel rule bet right here. And, you know, I, I'm pretty sure you listeners out there are like, you know, this travel rule thing is just a, a, a pretty donkey move to do. But uh, it, it wins and it pays. And you're going to notice this on this on this play right here. Nobody in their right mind would get on the Dolphins right here. And as you can tell, me and the Scott, Brian Scott Riffey are on the Dolphins, and we're on the Dolphins for a reason. So let's get on the Dolphins, and let's make some money here. Washington football team, plus 14 at home against the Ravens. The Ravens are coming off a Monday night football loss that really just established the pecking order in the AFC. As fun as Lamar Jackson is to watch, this is Patrick Mahomes' league, particularly his conference and that's kind of their kryptonite, I believe, as Lamar Jackson put it last week. That being said, coming off a loss like that, if this line was 25, I still might take the Ravens here. I'm going Ravens, bounce back in a big way. Yeah, man. I think uh, Lamar Jackson got really exposed really bad on, you know, just a, a, a big-time game like that. And, you know, he, I'm not sitting here saying that he can't throw, but, you know, uh, the system doesn't throw make him throw the right plays. Uh I, I I agree with you on taking the Ravens, you know, at minus 26 and a half. But, you know, we're uh, changing it up on the podcast this week. So I'm going to hit the other side on this one. So you're going Washington? Yeah, man. Whatever. What are they called this year? The football team. Okay. So, yeah, I like football teams. So, yeah, let's go with the football team this week. The manliest team in the NFL. They don't clown around with any kitty animal mascots. They are just the football team because football teams play football. Couple games left before we wrap this whole deal up. We have, what do we have here? We're probably getting into the late action at this point. That's exactly what we're getting into. The LA Rams are minus 13 against the New York Giants. Just for the sake of this podcast, we might as well just say skip because we're yes, not allowed we're, to bet on the New York we, team. So, we, we Rams, Rams? The, we are taking the Rams. And yeah, uh, that, I, I know this is a travel rule game, and we're just skipping the travel rule. We're taking the Rams. The Giants and slapping ourselves on the wrist as we do it for just the atrocity that was last week. Probably the game of the afternoon. I'm a little shocked this is not Sunday night football, but you've got the Kansas City Chiefs minus 6.5 against the New England Patriots. Statement win for KC last week. That said, I like the Pats in this spot. I might mean, buy it to 7, get you a little full touchdown action in, but Cam Newton's good. Pats defense kind of coming into form. I like the Pats here because I think the Kansas City defense is going to struggle uh, on how to contain Cam Newton and the amount of different stuff they do. This feels like a Belichick statement game. I'm not necessarily sure they win, but I think six and a half too much, five to seven. I like New England here. Man, that's, <laughs> this is going to be a really good game because, you know, if there's anybody that can stop uh, Patrick Mahomes, it's probably that guy that's uh, uh, coaching for the New England Patriots, and regardless of who his quarterback is, who they've got a show of steel in Cam Newton, which, you know, I get his funny hats, and I know it's a kind of a drama-based thing, but the kid can play ball. I mean, and I'm not, you know, trying not to steer away from it, but, man, you know, that Patrick Mahomes can play, man, and, I know that, you know, if there's somebody that can, that can stop him, it would be Bilicek. And, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with the, the Kansas City Chiefs here. I'm, I mean, I just 
We got the number is what it is for me. I we agree got, with we, you. Yeah, man. I, you know, I can see you know the Chiefs uh, driving late down three and scoring a touchdown to you know to be up four and you know and Cam maybe you know uh, not make a, a pass or or a bonehead you know quarterback sneak on a fourth and one when they know it's coming kind of like what happened against uh, Seattle last week but you know it's hard for me not to do it but I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you on this I, I like Cam Newton and I think Bill Belichick will uh, he'll figure something out and they'll and they'll stop him but I promise you KC will end up winning the second game when they play again yeah, I it's just it's so hard. I mean, the Chiefs are the best franchise in the NFL right now, but uh, this feels like just a, a September Belichick kind of statement type of game. So this is that's my favorite game of the weekend. I can't not in terms of confidence. I'm just in, in excited to watch that. Here's one for you. Another late afternoon game that's sneaky good. You've got Las Vegas, who's plus three at home against the Buffalo Bills, who don't always look pretty doing it, but they're a really good team with a really good defense and Josh Allen. The MVP conversation is Russell Wilson, then like 10 levels of stairs, and then everyone else right now. But Josh Allen is balling, and it doesn't sound good out loud when you think Josh Allen, MVP, what the hell is this guy talking about? Go look at the numbers. They're real. They're really good. That said, I think I'm going to go Vegas here because they need the game more, and this is the first real test other than the Rams that the uh, Bills have had. So I'm going to go Vegas here. Well, I'm just going to lock it up. This is a Las Vegas five-star lock. This is all day long. Uh, Hell yeah. I, I know Buffalo has had a couple good games, and, um, you know, Josh Allen looks good and whatever, but, you know, and nobody circles the wagons like Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. But um, this is a I – like, I like Gruden in the spot right here. Um, they've – you know, they kind of found out what they had against uh, New England last week, and – uh, it wasn't bad. I mean, I know they lost by two touchdowns, but, you know, not everybody can go into New England and get that win. So, um, I, I really like Las Vegas here. I really like them a lot. And this is just one of those typical NFL bets that, you know, everybody thinks that Buffalo goes in and rolls. And um, this is just straight up uh, Las Vegas money line right here. Gross, gross. Sunday yeah, it's hard game. for me to say Las Vegas money line when I should have said Oakland Raiders money line. Would I have been like slapped on the wrist if I said Oakland Raiders? Your Vegas lock is Vegas. I don't know. I'm still getting I mean, used to that either. That's so weird. That's so weird. Your Vegas lock is Vegas. Sunday night game is the – this is one of those ones that looks good in the preseason when they're scheduling the Sunday night games or whatever. I guess Sunday night games they can flex it out. But this is a preseason scheduled one because it's this early in the year. But it's San Francisco-Philly, which has just turned out to be a complete dumpster fire. San Francisco's got everyone injured. Philly looks awful. San Francisco is minus seven here. I'm assuming that means Garoppolo and Greg Kittle are back. Uh, Greg Kittle. George Kittle. Um, I mean, I can be Greg Kittle if you want me yeah, to. Yeah, Greg, Greg Kittle. I think I've been listening to too much. Pardon my take. They call him Greg as some inside joke. I don't understand. Anyway, they're minus seven. I guess I'll go with the Niners here just because, like, I wanted I wanted to be, like, outsmart my own brain and be like, you know, we'll go Philly because no one's going to pick Philly here. But I just can't do it. Philly's horrendous. Niners. Yeah. I mean, like, I was – we were all on the Giants and thinking that, you know, the Niners had the COVID, the travel across to the East Coast. And, I mean, I really liked the Giants last week. And, 
ah, you know, the 49ers let me know how big of an idiot I am and about, uh, but we scratch that and that's what we do is whenever we have a bad bet, we just throw it in the dumpster. We light the match and do it and burn it. And this is what we're going to do. Ah, it's hard for me not to do the 49ers here because I think it's the right play, but I'm going to go with you on the 49ers. Let's pull the trigger on that. Let's, 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 uh, Assume the process, and they're going to be the um, runner-up Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl um, uh, not winners that they are. I am saving. I kind of tipped my hand a little bit. I teased you talking about saying, "Hey, maybe I'll go with the Eagles." Just holding my nose. Grossest pick of the week. My grossest pick of the week comes in the final pick of the week. Monday night football. The Atlanta Chokers are plus seven on the road against Aaron Rodgers' MVP candidate, Aaron Rodgers, pissed off that they drafted a quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. The Packers look like maybe the most complete team in football. Uh, I still think the Chiefs are the best, but you're talking about a Super Bowl contender out of the NFC. It is the the Packers. That being said, I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. Breaking all of my own rules, this feels like the time to do it. No shot they blow another lead. Maybe it's because they don't have one. Falcons here, and I'm just going to go run my head through a wall until kickoff. Well, you know, I usually would be right on top of you with this pick, but no you know, sane human would. <laughs> but you know, uh, I'm going to stay with you and uh, be on that side of the fence. So I like Atlanta. I know we literally. Hell yeah! Every this. insane person know, needs someone to be I as. Know we insane. tried to rename this podcast. Don't bet on the Giants, Jets, or Falcons, but. It's just one of those things that you're like, there's no way. I mean, it's actually one of those bets that you were like, oh, man, the, the, the Green Bay Packers is the lock of the week. And you'll bet your kitchen sink on it. And the next thing you know, the Falcons are up like 21 to 10 at halftime. But this week, they seal the deal because I think, you know, I don't know. I, I just have a little hunch on this. So. But we will. So do I. It's a feeling in my gut, and I don't yeah. really know why. And we to your will. point about that is they would crush. This is a teaser crusher, too. The Falcons oh, yeah. win this outright when you tease the Packers down to a half. This is a teaser demolisher. Oh, yes, yes. I, 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 I'm pretty sure there's some listeners out there, which, you know, all five of them, which is exciting to, to be a part of. But uh, I know there's a couple people that have that minus half on the Green Bay Packers as their lock of the year. Well, you're going to be disappointed this year on the don't bet on the Falcons, Jets, and Giants podcast because we're betting on the Falcons this week and it's going down. Falcons are going to cover the spread and they're going to break up. They might, man, this would be, I would actually throw up in my hand if, if they won the game. What a bold, disgusting, yet beautiful way to end week four of the NFL season. Greg, this was fun as always. We're back on the horse this week. We're guaranteed to make money after losing last week, right? That's how this works. So you should take all of our picks because we're not losing a single one. Well, I tell you what, when she bucks you off the first time, you get back on her again. You know, that's just how we do it. Check him out, LB's Greg University Avenue across from Kroger. Y'all know the drill. Go buy all the things for your grill this week. Have a great and safe and happy weekend. Enjoy some football. Greg, we'll be back at it this time next week. You know, we're just going to keep grinding, baby. We're going to make that money now. Y'all just keep hanging in with us. These days, work is in trouble. We've outsourced most of our manufacturing to other countries. 
And with that, we sent away good jobs and our capability to make things. American Giant is a clothing company that's pushing back against this tide. They make all kinds of high-quality clothing and activewear, like sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. So when you buy American Giant, you create jobs in towns and cities across the country. And jobs bring pride. Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20.